Pokemon has a way of bringing people together, uh, having a common interest where it's easy to come together and like, you know, you could be Republican, I could be Democrat, like whatever, but like you got a link cable, you got a Vulpix, I got a Growlithe, like let's trade. <laughs> that exact that exact type of thing is what Pokemon the company has been doing to cultivate its brand and its business. And obviously they're like wholly successful for it. What's up, everybody? This is Sarah and Eric, your hosts of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s, and more. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. This week, we are talking about a very nostalgic topic with a very special guest, my friend from my days as an undergrad in political science at UC Davis, my friend Julian. Hi, Julian. Hi, how's it going? How are you? I am fantastic, you guys. Couldn't be happier. Awesome. Um, we are so glad to have you. Uh, Julian's been a friend of mine since, I think, it was like 2007? Yeah, it was, it was my sophomore year of college, so 2007. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we ended up in all these same classes together, and then we became like the friends that shared notes when the other person like missed. And then we ended up kind of amassing a group that we just all went to the same poli-sci classes together. Remember like our friend Jason? Like yep. we had this big group that we just like, we just jumped from class to class to class with each other and it was so much fun so julian yeah, is cool. still uh, still around and we're so happy to have you here so Ooh, thanks for having me and um so this week what are we talking about guys uh we are talking about one of the biggest crazes to hit the 90s that is still uh feverish these days <laughs> uh the that's, a, that's a, the wrong word for the covid era <laughs> <laughs> it's I, hot. I'll take it. I was gonna say. I mean, you know, this topic makes me hot. So <laughs> I mean, it's got me. You know, it's just got me breathing heavily. You know, uh, it feels wow. like a fire spin. Exactly, exactly. Sometimes I get a little cold. Sometimes I get a little hot. Uh, but anyways, we are talking about. Pokemon. Uh, everybody's heard of it at this point, I'm sure. Uh, Gotta catch them all. That's all I know about Pokemon. I mean, it, I'm gonna it, learn it with everyone. It was the '90s uh, version of Mickey Mouse. Yeah, but before we get into the topic, <laughs> um, I want to make sure everyone's following us on social media. You can find us at TTTHPod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. We're actually not that uh, active on Twitter, like I've said the last few times, so we're gonna change that. Um, and our website is TalkToTheHandPod.com, or you can email us at TalkToTheHandPod at gmail.com. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple if you can. If you like what you hear in the month of April. April, you'll be entered into our TTTH pod getaway. Um, yeah, our sources will be in the show notes. Anything else? Got any other any other updates? Let's go catch them all. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so so Julian, why don't you? This is we like to you know start every every topic with a Cliff's Notes ver version of what the topic is for you. So why don't you give us your Cliff's Notes version of what Pokemon is, what it was to you? Yeah, just what's your what's your rundown? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, so Pokemon came to the United States uh, from Japan. I think it originally came out in Japan in like 95 or 96. And it was this idea, you know, um, I forget the guy who's the creator of Pokemon's name, but his idea was like he would see animals and stuff out in nature and he wanted to recreate this world, you know, pocket monsters. You catch them and put them in a ball and that became his thing. Uh, 
as a 10 year old in 1999, when it came to the United States, uh, I remember it being everywhere. It was on TV on Saturday mornings, as well as like right after school. Uh, the cards had just began to be introduced. Uh, the video games, like both red and blue version had come out for the Game Boy. And uh, I mean, at first I didn't really, I wasn't really into it for like with in the initial wave of all the kids like getting into it. Like, you know, when, when Charizard, like the first base set came out of cards and Charizard was like it and everyone was trying to get the Charizard. And you know, <laughs> you feel lame if you pulled like a Venusaur or a Zapdos out of like one of those packs. And, and to be honest with you, like I kind of gave the Pokemon kids a little bit of a hard time for maybe two or three weeks. Uh, then I got the Pokemon Red version and actually played the Game Boy game. Uh, and the rest is history. I fell in love with the franchise. Because, yeah, because the game is so incredible. I mean, it, for anyone who's not familiar with Pokemon, it's basically just like you're, you're this 10-year-old kid and you're going to leave home at 10 years old to go explore all of the cities in your uh, in your country and you're going to fight different gym leaders along the way who have caught uh, like different stronger Pokemon than you and your whole goal is to fill that Pokedex up and you know get all these gym badges while doing it and then you know go face the Elite Four and then become like world champion, become the Pokemon master. It's as a 10-year-old, I don't know if there's like any other uh, way to pull you into a game so quickly, you know, and just, I, I understood after two or three weeks of like giving kids, you know, trash about being into Pokemon, right? Like you guys are, you know, not cool. I, I you know, gave it into myself because like my mom got me the game and I mean, I, it, it came full circle immediately. I was like, huh, this is, this is great. After that, it was watching the show religiously, yeah. uh, saving up all the money I could to like buy the trading cards. Um, and then not only that, so that was like the initial wave of Pokemon for me. Um, and then by the time the second generation came out where they released Gold and Silver, Pokemon Gold to this day is like my favorite video game of all time. Um, it basically just like rehashed red and blue version, right? From now it's not eight badges, but you got to win 16 badges and, you know, you got to face Ash at the end. And it's a, It sounds very interactive. Like it's a very yeah. interactive game. Well, it, it, it was. And I think one of the things that made it the most interactive was, you know, so so to piggyback off what you were saying, you know, the, the, the game itself was the first thing that got me into it. My, my parents, uh, you know. Wait, what game? Uh, the Pokemon games, oh, like, okay. uh, red, red and blue. You okay, know, I what, what, yeah, say. when I'm saying the games, I'm talking red and blue, the original ones, those came out in '98 uh, in America, and I remember getting those. And my sister got the blue version. I got the red version. That was on and Game Boy. It was on the original Game Boy. Uh, and the thing about it that made it so interactive was, you know, one, you know, the red version had certain Pokemon in it and didn't have certain Pokemon in it. And the blue version had the opposite. And so you had to find people, friends, siblings, or somebody to actually get the link cable for the two Game Boys, <laughs> connect these things together and trade Pokemon. I mean, this is no Wi-Fi, no Bluetooth, no internet. This is just two kids in the schoolyard Very literally trading Pokemon. I mean, like I was thinking about it earlier, it was almost like, no pun intended, the next evolution to, you know, the, the Gigapet Tamagotchi thing that we went oh, through yeah. a few earlier, uh, went through a, a few years earlier, you know, yep. uh, we had those, those Gigapets where you had a little, a little fucking pocket monster in your hand that you fed, you took care of, you played with, you did everything with. And then all of a sudden now you have Pokemon come out and you still get a little character that you have to take care of. And you now get to go battle other characters and explore more lands. I mean, it yeah. was, so it was incredible. 
it was so immersive too, you know? And it's so funny you bring up the point about like different Pokemon being available in the different versions. That was absolutely like a real conversation that would happen at school. Like, hey, like you got Vulpix, you got Vulpix, like I have Growlithe and I know you got blue version, so you need a Growlithe. <laughs> yeah. That was like a real conversation. And uh, to me, that was like kind of one of the really cool things about interacting uh, with other people because uh, I know on on uh, recording, I sound very lively and social, and I am. But as a child, I was completely quiet. And right around this time, around age 10, 11, when I started to like socialize more and kind of become a little bit more comfortable, Pokemon was absolutely a part of it, all because of the link cable and like just finding anybody you could. Because like you said, it was 1998, the internet or like the internet existed, but you know, Al Gore invented it and it wasn't, <laughs> we weren't to Wi-Fi levels yet, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You're absolutely right. And I never really thought about that until you brought that up, like, huh? Because there's so many people that I, I met through doing that and yeah. people you go to school with people, you know, all, just, also, and, and literally they're in their game doing the same thing that you're doing. It's so community it, building. But let time. me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If you knew that if there was someone in your class or on the, you know, you're at recess and you're talking like, I know you have blue, I have red, I want to like trade with you. Did, did it kind of unite? Would you still, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, would it like bring people that maybe you didn't like, or maybe bullied you or whatever onto like equal playing grounds? And did it, did it kind of reshape relationships? How did that work with uh, like schoolyard dynamics? Pokemon destroyed my junior high school. <laughs> it completely ransacked the morality of that school, <laughs> ravished the playground like a damn plague and ruined <laughs> Childhoods. It's just a bunch of anarchy among 12-year-olds. Well, oh, Pokemon rules went out the window, and it was anarchy. Okay. Like, our school had to ban Pokemon. Like, Damn. that was a blanket Damn. thing. They mm -hmm. banned Pokemon. The card game, the video game. Everything. They didn't hear you talking about exactly. it. Exactly. They would they would do some, like, Nazi Germany shit where, like, if a teacher would hear you talking about Pokemon, they'd be like, detention, now. Like, what? Yes. That yeah. was the same thing Way better than Charmander. That's two detentions, Julian. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you say Bulbasaur, you're suspended because nobody gave a shit about Bulbasaur. <laughs> Just get out of here. Yeah. So it caused like anarchy among among the kids. Absolutely. Okay. Abs okay. Absolutely. It was like Lord of the Flies. Big time. Okay. Exactly. Big time. Okay. Yeah. And, and like, you know, one of, one of the cool parts was like, I, I mean, it's not cool, but like, I mean, when you're 11 or 12, or, you know, you think it's kind of cool. But like, if you understand how like the card economy works, like, I mean, you could wreck some kids, and that's that's what led that's what yeah. led that's what led to Pokemon getting banned because these kids would be like trading, you know, fifty dollar cards for like these one dollar cards to the sharks, right? And then they would go bitch about it to their parents and cry, and then the parents would go to the school and be like, "There is an illegal trading ring of Pokemon. My exactly. son is funny." <laughs> But no, no, I mean, that's that exactly so what it was. It was like yep. this weird, like, illicit drug trafficking yeah, almost where you were just like, hey, kid, 100%. hey, kid, you want a Charizard? Lift your, lift your jacket up. Oh, I got a Charizard. Give me Yo. 30 Pikachus, <laughs> three Charmanders, and like 40 Leaf Energy uh, cards, and you can maybe Yo. look at the Charizard. Yo, I'm going to tell you guys one of the most honest things of all time right now. Are you I'm ready? that. So the entire one of the one of the main reasons why I love gangster rap so much, not just because I'm a kid of the 90s, but it's because I was that kid that you just described. 
on the playground, like hustling. And to this day, to this day, I'm still that person. Yeah. So whenever I listen to gangster rap and, talk, and hear them talking about making money, you know, selling drugs, like in my mind, I'm doing all the same shit, but it's not with drugs. It's with, it's with fucking cardboard. It's, you know, <laughs> but, to, <laughs> but to kids, it was a drug. It was such a thrill. I mean, that yep. rush, like, like oh, yeah. the immediate gratification of opening up a booster pack and mm-hmm. getting like a Charizard or, you know, any other awesome card like that was anything that you like you were you were scarface when you opened up that that <laughs> booster pack and had a charizard yeah oh you yeah rain hellfire i remember, on the I remember charizard okay i remember um i remember the kids with the binders and like the holographic ones and tell me a little bit about the trade like so how did that work oh okay you got the so <laughs> julian is showing us his binder which is super sick yeah that's like an adult version like that's what julian 12 year old julian would like look up to 32-year-old Julian be like, yeah. 12-year-old me thinks I'm the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Were there very many girls that did it with you guys? Yes. Um, I just want to say that because one of the biggest polka fans that I know to this day in my life is my older sister. She was obsessive about it. I mean, she had, you know, just like you, Julian, she had a, a binder full of every different version of a Pikachu card you could possibly find. She had the Japanese versions, like first edition, second editions, the one that had a misprinted tail. Like she had, she sought that shit out, transpired gender boundaries. And it was so inclusive that like anybody and everybody could be and wanted to be a Pokemaster. I mean, whether it was with the cards or the video game or whatever, like it it gave every 10 year old the, the 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 hope that they really could be the best around. Did you play with with any girls, Julian? Uh, yeah. So uh, for me, like at school, it had already gotten banned and all of that. So I had started going to uh, Toys R Us to do like the card tournaments in Saturday mornings, and then also like an actual card shop. And uh, at the card shop, when you would actually get into the playing of the Pokemon trading card game there was a lot of girls uh, that would be playing the game. Like, you know, my age too, like, because I started playing the trading card game probably when I was about 12. And uh, I would always, at the local tournaments, there'd probably be like 12 to 20 people. There was always like two or three girls there, always. Yeah, Yeah. and not only that, but like, so Pokemon as a franchise, I feel like they've been very gender inclusive from the very beginning. Uh, Number one is, so I think it wasn't until maybe generation three it was i mean pokemon has had i think eight or nine generations of games but by generation three or four they had allowed it to be an option to be like a male or a female character but then from the very beginning of pokemon half the gym leaders were women you know like first guy is brock and then there's misty a woman uh there's lieutenant surge and then there's erica a woman then there's sabrina a woman uh koga and then blaine and then, uh, oh, and then the Elite Four, there's Agatha as well. So there's oh, definitely wow. female representation all throughout the game. And then not only that, but you would battle random trainers along the way. And there's, I mean, it would be a mix there, you know, there would be Last Nancy or there'd be, you know, Bug Catcher John. Yeah. So from the beginning, I feel like Pokemon has been like really good about that. And then sometime around generation three or four, I mean, it could be a little bit later, but I could be corrected, but you can have the option to have your main character be like, you know, uh, a boy or a girl. Okay. Um, and then on top of that, I want to say like, you know, I'm, th- I'm 31 now. Right. And so all of this has been like a 20 year experience for me. And as I've been going to card tournaments and been involved in the scene the entire time, I've seen the uh, participation by women go up. Oh, cool. um, 
Which I think is totally chill. I mean, you know, I don't think there's anything that precludes you from liking Pokemon other than like you just fucking like Pokemon, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's very chill to like go to, you know, Pokemon tournaments these days and also like conventions and same thing with like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, there's like a, a there's been a lot of like female representation um, yeah. just kind of across the board, like in these, you know, trading card games, of which Pokemon is a part of. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sick. Okay. Okay. So what are your, um, I don't know if this is like a correct question or not. So pardon my ignorance. Um, Mm -hmm. do you have favorite characters and why are they your favorite characters? I mean, I think when you say favorite characters, you, you probably mean favorite Pokemon because like the human characters, let's, let's just be real here. All the human characters suck. Okay. Nobody cares about them except for the Pokemon. Okay. So what, so, so, okay. Let me rephrase the question. Thank you for informing me. Sure. Sure. What are your favorite, uh, Pokemon? Man, okay, so I've, yeah, I've got a, I've got a couple. Um, let's stick with the original 150. Is, is you guys want to do that? Yeah. Just what's what's, what's that mean? So, so when we, we won't say the, yeah, so when we say the original 150 is when Pokemon was first introduced in Japan and America in the late 90s. There were 151 original pocket monsters in that you know that you could catch, train, whatever the hell you know. Um, and every subsequent generation of game that has come out has introduced more Pokemon. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll, so that's we'll get just to the that OG a little bit. suite of Pokemon. Yeah, okay. yeah. The OG yeah. suite is 151. Okay, 151. Boom, done. All right, Julian, Boom. hit us with your favorites. So for me, my favorite, um, probably like the number one is Gengar, and Gengar is oh, yeah. a ghost type Pokemon. Uh, he is the final evolution of Ghastly and Haunter. And Gengar is just like a little fat purple guy. He's a ghost with, you know, red eyes. And he's like a prankster. Like, I mean, like I'm a little short, fat purple guy who's always got red eyes because I'm always high. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I love to like, you know, joke around and, you know, just fucking not maybe not be a prankster, but I definitely like to joke around. So like I see a lot of I feel very attached to Gengar. Like, you know, I. I definitely have a Gengar uh, stuff that, like, I sleep with on my bed. Yeah, so Gengar is the first one. Uh, the second one is definitely probably Snorlax. And, like, I mean, Real. it's typical. If you're, if you're, like, a fat guy, or not even that, if you just like to eat and sleep, which I think is, like, 99.9% of humans, right, <laughs> then you're automatically just have everything in common with Snorlax, right? Hi. Uh, but, for I mean, for me, I you know, it's... Uh, the reason I like Snorlax is it's those reasons, but one time, so I get, so I'm overweight. Right. And so when I was like, by the time I was 15, I gained all my weight, but one of my friends, he hit me with like a Pokemon related joke about my weight. And like, I cried laughing. It was so good. He said some shit like, Hey bro. He was like, it's good to see you today. I, I thought you were on route 12 outside Diglett's cave. And I was like, Aww. Oh my God. <laughs> like, and like initially, like I felt so horrible. Cause I was like, he just called me a fucking Snorlax. He just said I was hella fat. But then I was like, wait a minute. I got that joke and I fucking like that joke. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh man, Snorlax is definitely like a top. Okay, and then okay. finally, the, the third one who's my favorite is, uh, I just got to say Blastoise. So uh, I think for most kids that are fans of Pokemon, it's pretty like uh, normal to have one of the first three starters, whether it's Bulbasaur, Charmander, or Squirtle as like one of your, you know, favorite type Pokemon. I remember those names. Yeah, yeah, those are like the main people Very outside generic, of like yeah. group, right? Or the main players, not people, they're Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Blastoise is the final evolution of Squirtle. Uh, and, you know, in the show, Squirtle is just this this water-type turtle who's really cool, laid back. He, he's, you know, he got the Squirtle shades, like... <laughs> well, there's even the Squirtle. You know, and then, like, he's got a bunch of homies who are all Squirtles, and they all hang out. 
It, yeah, dude, and, and Blastoise is literally just big sportle with guns coming out of his shoulders. How much more gangster rap can you be, right? <laughs> dude, so I fucking love Blastoise. And then not only that, but like in, in the original uh, game, uh, Blastoise, he can learn Hydro Pump, which is like a fantastic finishing water move, but he could also learn Earthquake, which Earthquake is like a super overpowered move that can um, usually like critically hit a Pokemon and has a high chance of knocking them out in one shot. So the fact that Blastoise can like learn Earthquake is hella what's up. Okay, okay, yeah. all right, okay. So those are your three, and uh, we'll put those in the show notes. So you're gonna have to tell me how to spell those. Um, <laughs> yep. But okay, so Eric, what are your three? I like what you said about Gengar. I was a Haunter guy. Oh, um, nice. Uh, I, I, I love Haunter because he was. He just looked cooler to me, you know. What he did had, he look like? He was he was also a ghost. You know, he was the middle evolution after Ghastly. You know, in between Gengar and uh, he was just kind of this floating, disembodied kind of head, and then two floating hands. Oh, uh, cool! This cool yeah, purple ghost thing that was also That's like very Tim Burton, very sinister. Um, pretty mischievous, probably malicious. But just cool as shit. And I think the reason I liked him was because to get a Gengar, you had to trade your Haunter to somebody else on that damn link cable. And mm-hmm. once you traded him, he would evolve. And then they would have to trade him back to you so you could have it. So you had to be able to trust him, too, or her. And then, yeah. And I didn't trust my goddamn sister to give me that shit back. So... I just kept Haunter because he could he could ultimately learn all of the same moves that Gengar could, albeit it took a little bit longer, but fuck it. I didn't need anybody else. Like I got my Haunter. Like, yeah, that's dope. Uh, okay. yeah. Haunter was rad. Um, I always liked uh, Kadabra too. You know, he was uh, this psychic Pokemon. Ooh. And so there was, uh, he was also a middle evolution. It's weird that I like the middle evolutions. Uh, and <laughs> it was Abra, Kadabra, Alakazam. Okay. Those were the three, the three evolutions. And Kadabra had like, in his hands, he had those two spoons Ooh. that he just always had. And he just bend <laughs> these spoons and fuck you up with his psychic powers. And yeah, uh, well, he, he was, was also- He's yeah. Well, he he, he Alakazam without trading. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that trading to get the evolution. Like I just I just want my guy. Like so so my my number three though I gotta go with Gyarados. Uh, oh, hard. The evolution hard. of Magikarp and Sarah Magikarp is literally to this day the most worthless, useless, most terrible Pokemon ever. All it is is a damn fish, and the only move it can learn is Splash. And it doesn't it. do any damage. It just it's splashes just, it's you. It's just a little pacifist hippie. It doesn't want but to then, do damage. But then, oh. but then, then it turns into this this creature called Gyarados that is this gigantic sea serpent that just rains hell on everyone. Okay. Uh, just like Davy Jones. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's pretty much a kraken kind of a thing, except it is more like a snake uh, uh, in sick. shape. But yeah, uh, Gyarados is so sick. Rad. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the cards, about the Game Boy games, about, you know, trading that way. What can you guys tell me about um, how else we've seen it in pop culture, in TV shows and movies and stuff throughout the years, in the 90s especially, but since, since we've come now into the 2020s when we are very nostalgic for it? 
Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing there, you know, there were two big things that happened with the, with, with the Pokemon franchise in recent years. And that was, we obviously got to mention Detective Pikachu, which we that can Ryan circle back Reynolds, to in right? a minute. Uh, okay. I actually had that on earlier. It's paused right now still, I think. Um, and then uh, there was the uh, uh, Netflix did a remake of the original Pokemon movie, uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh, and they did it in, you know, all sorts of new, like... 3D, you know, Pixar animation kind of a thing. It's not anime anymore. It's, you know, this new style version that looks very much like the kids' shows and movies of today. Um, but they just did the exact same movie with very minimal changes. And it was just kind of like, hey, we struck, you know, gold. We hit, we hit lightning in a bottle with this 20 years ago. Let's just recolor it for the kids of today so it looks familiar enough to them that they can dig into it just oh, like we smart. did back in the day. I mean, it's the exact same movie. That's I mean, really almost smart. shot for shot. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, D D Detective Pikachu. I mean, again, lightning in a bottle with Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Like, who, pardon my French, but who in the fuck thought that was going to work out and be as successful as it was? Like, yeah, no way. Like, like what? Like that movie is just entertaining as hell for anyone. I mean, there's it's 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 kind of like it almost feels like a 90s movie in a way, too, because it's got so much adult humor that'll go over the kids. Head, like they did in the 90s. Like they did in the 90s. They could so get away it's with like it. there's a lot of really cute, fun stuff for the kids, the love or whatever. But like when I was watching it earlier, I was like, oh, my God, like the things that he was cracking like, up. Yeah. Things that Ryan Reynolds Pikachu is saying, like it's it's pretty off the wall there, you know. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think. You know, Pokemon has has is still going going strong. It it, it shows no signs of uh, stopping or slowing down. I mean, we're not even talking about you know the the cultural phenomena that was Pokemon Go. Well, I want to touch on Pokemon Go, but I want I also want Julian. Um, did you watch the show in the night? Like, was it was it a show in the ninety? It was an anime show, right? It was an anime show. Yeah. Did you watch the show? How was the show different to, in your opinion, Julian, from the actual playing? Was it more like like oh, those are my characters or? Right. So, I mean, there was a lot of um, there's a lot of like little little things that were different. Um, like, so, for instance, like in the show, there was none of this like, you know, trading to evolve kind of thing going okay. on. Uh, you know, that that would happen like once every like 30 episodes and it never never happened to Ash, like the main character. It'd always be a side character like Misty or Brock or somebody like that. Okay. Um, the other thing is that like in the games, it was set up so that you would go to uh, eight different cities to face eight different gym leaders. And then once you get all eight gym badges, you go to the elite four and you, you battle the elite four. Well, in the show, it was, it was, you win the eight gym badges, but then you get to go do the, I think it's called like the Pokemon challenge. And basically what it is, is it's everyone else who got eight badges, just like you did. And it's like tournament style and you, you battle and it's not just, you know, the elite four. And then once you win that tournament, you get to play against the champion to have a chance to win the championship. So that was different. Um, the other thing is that like in, in the show, you know, uh, originally, uh, I mean, pretty much to this day, the show is still going on. Right. But Pikachu would follow around Ash, uh, you know, the main character and, uh, in Pokemon, all of your Pokemon are stored in Pokeballs. So Pikachu being the only one following Ash was weird. And then when you would play the game, uh, you know, you, nobody was following you around in red okay. and blue. All of your Pokemon were in your Pokeballs. And then when they finally released yellow version a couple years, maybe it was a year or a year and a half later, that's when Pikachu started to follow you around. But that was a huge difference because, because people would watch the show and they'd see Pikachu following Ash around. And you'd be like, oh, I get it. Like it's his, his pet or whatever. But then you play the game and it's you're just 
a guy you know, just walking around, yeah. but you know, you've got your six Pokemon in your party. They're just, you know, kept in Pokeballs, so to speak. Um, yeah. Well, I think, you know, just, just a weird tangent here. I think one of the cool things about the game too is like, at least for me, it taught me a lot about strategy, you know, like, and then oh, yeah. it's that like, you know, here you are in this world walking around as this kid and you can only have six Pokemon on you at a time, but there are dozens of different types of Pokemon and you have to have different Pokemon on you that can take down these different Pokemon. So you get into any situation, you can mm-hmm. walk away fine. Like it, it really taught you about, you know, how, you know, certain things, certain elements do better against other elements or, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't always about brute force or brute strength. It was right. about strategic stri- development. Yeah. It's literally like two things. It's literally uh, resource management, like being efficient with resource management and then also metagame because like like you just said uh you can't just use brute force like it, yeah. you know if you've got uh, a fire pokemon who's going to get wrecked by water pokemon metagame is understanding that and, and whipping out you know uh your leaf pokemon to whip on that water pokemon instead right yeah. so there's a bunch of that going on and then resource management as well because uh you know like there's t- i mean there's tons of examples of resource management master ball the pokeball that uh catches with 100% rate you only get one in the game so you got to choose you which careful. pokemon you're going to use it on right um in in battle uh you, you use a turn uh to to use like a healing effect uh so you have to weigh the you know cost versus benefit of using that healing effect versus missing a turn of you know attacking or defending that so there's all sorts of that shit okay. that uh is great critical thinking tools. And honestly, I think millennials are pretty blessed that a lot of us were into Pokemon because I think it it showed all of us like a thing or two about critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And being resourceful, which millennials have really had to be resourceful being the ones that grew up during the, you know, 9-11. And then we had the the great recession. And then we had, you know, the last four years, which have been a cultural and political shit show. So (laughs) we have to be resourceful. Facts. Absolutely. Two things I want to cover before we wrap up here. Um, The first one, and maybe you guys could tag team or, you know, switch off. The first one is Pokemon Go, because that was such a huge deal in 2016. I feel like that really uh, brought Pokemon was already so mainstream. And I and me as a person who I worked in marketing, I worked at a shelter. Um, I remember when it was the craze and we had so many people were trying to figure out how to make our own Pokemon Go if for the volunteers who do the dog walking and things like that. Um, it was just such a cultural phenomenon that I think brought it even more into the mainstream than it already was. Um, so first I want to touch on that. And then the second thing I want to touch on is Julian, you can, you can definitely probably talk to this is just like that card trading culture and how it's, sure. it's basically its own currency. So I don't know who wants to go first. Uh, go ahead, I mean, Julian. I- uh, yeah, I was going to say, I've got, I've actually got uh, something to say about Pokemon Go. So if I could have the floor, I'll just, I'll, just I'll put it out there. Let's hear All right. It. So I never played Pokemon Go. And here's the reason why. Ironically, I feel like I played the real Pokemon games, right? Actual Pokemon video games. And, you know, now in 2017, a bunch of people who never played the original games. And I'm not, I'm not gatekeepy at all. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that shit is, is whack. So Kudos to all those people, but I just, you know, if I want to catch some Pokemon, I'm going to dive into the real world in the game and like, and fantasize about being a Pokemon trainer in the game. Okay. Okay. In the real, in the real world, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a fucking walk. I don't need to go. <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't need to go catch Pikachu on my fucking walk when I'm trying yeah. to, you know, so that's, but, but, but 
that's just my personal thing. I'm not saying anything bad about Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Uh, I've got a bunch of friends who played the original Pokemon games and did Pokemon Go. I've got homies that still like Pokemon Go. I got homies that were never into it, but got into it because of Pokemon Go. Okay. So I've got nothing well, negative to say about it. It's just, you, you know. You play yourself. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. it it's probably a completely different kind uh, of it, it, That's exactly what I was about to say. So part of the reason why I love Pokemon so much as a franchise is because of the battle aspect. It's because of the resource management and the yeah. metagame that like you have to go through. And I mean, all, all told, all my friends will tell you I'm the worst Pokemon trainer of all time. I get my ass kicked in Pokemon battles on a regular basis. It's, <laughs> it happens all the fucking time. So like, you know, I'm not good at Pokemon battling, even though I understand how to be good. It's just, it's a lot of work to be yeah. good. Pokemon Go was just catching Pokemon. Okay. It didn't have the battle aspect. So for me, you know, I like to, I like to battle. I, I like yeah. to you know, beat the trainers, get the badges, go to the Elite Four, do all that. Pokemon Go, it's, you just catch the Pokemon and then it's like, oh, I got this Pokemon. So it's much more catered to like the collection aspect of it. And that's totally chill, but I'm, I'm a battler, man. I just, I, you know, I like to get in the streets. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, I actually have to completely agree with you, Julian. I never downloaded or played Pokemon Go either yes. um, because I feel the exact same way. Like I didn't like, it, it, it was very cool conceptually to me and I was very fascinated by it. I think it's very interesting, very cool, very fun, very interactive, but it's not the experience that I wanted. And if I want that experience, I know exactly where to go and get it. And I'm going to go and do that. You know, that was fun. I mean, but, but I remember there were, there were times where like, I would go out with, you know, my, my, uh, sister and her boyfriend and we, we, we'd like go to a movie. And then after the movie, they're like, Hey, let's go walk around this area for a while so we can catch some Pokemon. And I'm like, all right, like, cool. Like whatever. I mean, like it was, it was fine. You know, I support it, but it just, it wasn't your thing. It wasn't for me. It wasn't my thing. Uh, you know, it just, all right, all right. But I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I think it's great. I mean, I, I think if it got people into Pokemon, awesome. Well, also, it also, you know? like, like yeah. it, there were a lot of places, like an like us as an animal shelter who used it as a market. It was kind of a marketing and an outreach thing. Like, we were able, like, we didn't actually figure out a way to get the Pokemon on, but we, we could use it in our marketing as, like, right. a, like, take, go for a walk. You're already going for a walk. Like, take the right. dog with you, you know? Right. Yeah. So, okay, okay. All right. So, Pokemon Go. Okay, Julie. Why don't you fill us in on this uh, card as currency uh, stuff that you're, that that goes on these days? Sure. Uh, so, I mean, Pokemon, uh, I, Pokemon is kind of like in the middle of it. The first one was like Magic the Gathering that came out in 93, where you have these trading cards that are released to uh, in a booster pack and, and you use them to play a strategic game. Uh, but uh, the, the the primary market for gaining these cards is through the booster pack. So the secondary market is what the consumer thinks these cards are worth. So the secondary market is what makes Charizard worth, you know, a million dollars these days. And even back, like when it first came out, yeah. Yeah. If you, you know, you can buy two booster packs and if you pull a Pidgeotto out of one, that's worth a dollar, right? But then you pull a Charizard out of the next one, that's worth $50. That's like the secondary market. So for me, I mean, at a very young age, I had I had really really kind of caught on to the the interest of like doing that whole thing. Because remember how I said earlier that I would make fun of the kids that were into Pokemon initially, yeah. right? But then you know I played the game and I, I fell in love with it. And then with the cards, you know, I, I started noticing that there was a lot of uh, 
you know, you know I, I'm not sharking, but like, you know, as kids, people just don't know what their stuff's worth. And not only that, but, you know, at that time, eBay had just started kind of yeah. like picking up yeah. like this internet powerhouse where you could go and, and buy and sell goods. And so at 12 years old, I, I mean, I, I dove in. I mean, Pokemon was like the first, I, I had been, I'd been playing Pokemon for maybe like two-ish years. Um, I played Magic a little bit, but didn't really get into it. But then um, I, I, I started diving into like the whole, you know, you can get some cards on eBay for cheap and then you can trade them at higher value to kids like at card stores and like whatever. And then, you know, it, it's like we talked about earlier, like akin to like drug dealing. Yeah. I mean, you know, you start out with a little bit and then if you're smart about it, you end up with a lot. And then after enough time, you're the kid that's got everything. And then people are coming to you and, you know, the demand for your stuff is high because you have whatever anyone else wants. And so you can, you know, tell the kids like, you know, well, I value your stuff like this, this and that. So like, you know, if you want to do business with me, like, you know, and, and that's, that's so interesting. You, you could become your own kingpin, you know, I mean, it was, it was this weird yep. sort of, I mean, really it, it was currency. It's like I mean, a whole economy, really. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I, I, I thought. A little micro I, ecosystem. Yeah, I learned more about economics from trading Pokemon cards than any class in school I've ever taken. Absolutely. And, and I mean, again, I'll reiterate as a 31 year old, you know, person uh, who's been into Pokemon the entire time it's been around for like, you know, the last 20 years, I can't believe that those same skills I used on the playground to like wheel and deal, I'm still using as a grown man. Yeah. And those are things that like allow me to like, you know, do extra shit with like my money because I'm making money doing that. Right. Yeah. It's like a real world thing. And you're absolutely right. Like it teaches you so much about economics and and not only that but like psychology with like the human the human mind too right because it's like, and yeah because you know like because with, with some people i mean i i i learned i'm not bragging but i learned this when i was 12 years old right when i'm dealing, dealing, dealing pokemon there's certain people that like you can you know kind of not i don't want to say be fake or like chum them up but like you know you can you can relate to them and you can it's like being a salesman but like yeah. Not in a sleazy way, but you just, you know, you make them feel good about trading with you and then like they'll keep on trading with you. And, you know, that's kind of like where you where you make your pluses. Right. And there's some people, you know, that, you know, they won't go for that. Like it's just strict. Like they know the values of their cards. You know, the values of your cards. Okay. And it's like it's kind of a war. But then you figure out a way to get them to like, for instance, one of the one of the tricks that I used to pull is um, I would always go for uh, so, so like base set Pokemon, the first trading card set came out. Uh, they had like the shadowless cards, which were the, the thin printing and the first edition. Right. And back in the day, I mean, those were around. Right. But nobody really cared about them. They weren't worth a lot of money. It wasn't really any different than like, you know, that the, the regular edition cards. Right. Then the jungle set came out. And then the fossil set came out and then team rocket set came out. So the fourth set around that time, shadowless cards started to be worth a little bit more on eBay. Like you would see, you know, like a, a, a Weedle from base set of Pokemon, uh, a common card that's like worthless, but a shadowless one would be like $2 and, and like okay. a regular one would be like 25 cents. And then by the time I got to like my freshman year of high school, I had a shitload of, of base set Pokemon shadowless cards, like first edition, a bunch of commons and uncommons that I still have to this day that are worth wow. more than like I ever. Yeah. That, that, see, that's the one thing is with the wheeling and dealing magic and, and Yu-Gi-Oh, the two trading card games are the ones where I, I acquire and sell the cards, acquire and sell. Yeah. Pokemon is where 
I, I, I keep a lot of shit for myself, yeah. man. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of shit that I've been liking. And, and it, goes, it goes all the way back to like when I was yeah. a teenager because I started playing Pokemon when I was like 10, right? Yeah. And then the trading card game took off when I was like 12 because I was playing and trading and all that. And then by the time I was 14 and I entered high school, I had acquired, like you said, the, you know, become a kingpin of like the, you know, Pokemon cards. Uh, and, and not only that, but I also had a side hustle with Yu-Gi-Oh, which allowed me to like, basically play Yu-Gi-Oh for free. And so I never had to sell or get rid of like any of my Pokemon stuff. Yeah. So I just nice. accumulated, 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 accumulated. Oh, yeah. That is so interesting. Okay. All right, cool. One thing I wanted to touch on speaking about the, the legacy of Pokemon that I don't think a lot of people actually realize. And I looked this up, we'll put it in the show notes or whatever. Pokemon, you know, debuting in, you know, uh, 96 in Japan, only 1996, mind you, is the highest grossing media company of all time. It rakes in more than a hundred billion dollars a year. It is beating out Hello Kitty, Winnie the Pooh, Mickey the Mouse, Friends, and Star Wars. The 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 the, the second biggest video game franchise ever it's behind so Mario. Recognizable. It is literally the biggest entertainment industry on the planet. It's a global culture, it sounds like. It, it is, is literally three 30-year-olds right now talking about it because we enjoy it so much. And it's like it's made for kids. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay, so that's that's a really interesting tidbit. Also, with that, um, you know, just I just want to say that the the Pokemon franchise has always been about growth. You know, they've always been about evolving and everything like that. Pokemon debuted with the original 151 Pokemon. Julian, do you know ballpark how many Pokemon they're actually up to nowadays? I think it's 1,100 or something, right? Close. They they're they're not quite at a thousand yet. Uh, oh, got you. Uh, when I was looking this up, they were up to 898 close. Pokemon. Close. Yeah. They're working on the next generation right now, which is going to bring it up to over a thousand. So we're about to hit our thousandth Pokemon, everyone. Like 20 years I, later. You can't, you can't show me any Pokemon new that's cooler than Gengar. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, it's not going to happen. Like, yeah, they hit lightning in a bottle with those first, the first generation of Pokemon, and they were so cool and so iconic that at a certain point it almost felt like they became caricatures of themselves you know you know honestly to add to your point even the lame pokemon in the original 151 are so fucking cool like i hate admitting it but i love doduo you know what i'm saying yeah. like <laughs> dude and like doduo is just an, an armless bird like it's just, you know like it's just it's just it looks stupid it acts stupid it's not strong it's not good in the game everyone hates doduo but it's like Dog, it's an armless bird. It's so fucking chill. Like, yeah. well, well, speaking of the speaking of the birds, like I, I I started to get a really big appreciation for far fetched. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. So cool. Like I I always felt like far fetched was basically Emilio Estevez as a Mighty Duck Pokemon. <laughs> I don't get that, but I'm assuming that it's. It's perfect. That is superb. Oh my god, that is so fucking funny. <laughs> okay. Holy shit! He said Emilio Estevez as a Mighty Duck Pokemon. He's got the fucking coat. And, oh my god! Yeah, Jesus Christ! And the stick. The, yeah, oh he's got a hockey stick. That's fucking that. 
<laughs> probably, that's probably one of the best things I've heard all day. Like, <laughs> all right, so Julian, hit us with your final thoughts about Pokemon, what it meant to you in the 90s, what it means to you today. So, I mean, obviously, like, I do a lot of different things to, to make money these days, but, I mean, I still buy and sell Pokemon cards on eBay, and so it's an ever-present force in my life not only that but i I have a seven-year-old nephew as well and like when he was first born you know one of the things that i thought about that never really occurred to me is like you know one day my nephew will probably be into pokemon and like that's something that we can bond over right and like that shit became true my pokemon or my pokemon my nephew is hugely into pokemon right and so like this year um his birthday is on january 4th and so uh I, i thought about like all right, seven-year-old Julian, what would, if your uncle got you for Christmas, like what would, or for your birthday, like what would it be, you know? And I was like, well, obviously it would be a booster box of Pokemon cards. Like, I, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not going to give him like four booster packs and call it a day. Nah, you're getting 36, kid. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and to me that, I mean, like that was one of the most important things in, in my life, you know, because like I'm already close with my nephew, but like, you know, to send him that booster box in the mail. Like I bought it on eBay and had it mailed just directly to him. And then my sister recorded him like opening it. And then like, you know, it's a box of Pokemon cards. So, so, and and the packs are inside, but he doesn't realize it's 36 packs. Right. So he, you know, he's looking at it. And then uh, as soon as he realizes there's 36 packs in there, he just loses his shit. And, And so like, I saw that and I was like, man, I was like, that's exactly how I wanted him to feel because That's it's amazing. like, yeah. And, 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 and I know that that is not, I, I know that that same kind of thing has gone on between like an uncle and their, you yeah. know, young nephew or niece yeah. uh, that's, you know, brand new to the world in the last five, six years. But, and yet Pokemon is like a part of their lives and it's yeah. a part of your life. So you could like share it with them. So to me, I mean, Pokemon means that sort of thing. Um, on the whole, the legacy of Pokemon is, uh, to, I mean, to me, it's uh, like you said, I didn't know it was the most or the biggest grossing, you know, media company of all time. I'm not, I don't find that surprising. Um, Pokemon has a way of bringing people together, uh, having a common interest where it's easy to come together and like, you know, you could be Republican, I could be Democrat, like whatever, but like, you got a link cable, you got a Vulpix, I got a Growlithe, like let's trade. <laughs> that exact that exact type of thing is what Pokemon the company has been doing to cultivate its brand and its business. And obviously they're like wholly successful for it. It's a hugely creative endeavor. And I, I mean, to me, it doesn't really even matter what type of human being you are. There's got to be something for you to enjoy about Pokemon because I've talked to plenty of people from different walks of life that you would never think. I mean, look, I mean, look at me, for example. I mean, yes, I'm like really dorky. Right. But it's like you would never think that this guy is into Pokemon. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. look at me. Like, I, I, I don't look like if I, you know, but but. It, it's, it goes exactly back to like how it was, you know, that first two weeks when Pokemon was stateside and I was making fun of those kids. And then I played the game and I, I, sh- I couldn't hide it anymore. And then I wanted to be one of those kids. And I was, and I, and I mean, I still am. I you love see what it. I'm totally. so like, yeah, so Pokemon, I mean, Pokemon has got to be one of the most uh, prolific franchises of our lifetimes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it'll be around when we're dead and gone. Yeah. It's very unifying, it sounds like. It gives people a very common thread. Definitely. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I mean. That's generational. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I have nothing more to say than that. That's I mean, amazing. I, I okay. love the Pokemon company and I'm, you know, that's. 
sick, dude. You know, well, I, I, I think one of the things about them too is that they've proven over the last 20 years is that every couple of years they can release a new generation of game that is more inclusive than the last. I mean, what you were more saying, progressive. Yeah, more progressive, more inclusive, you know, what you were saying earlier, Julian, about how it was a few generations in where you could finally pick between being a male or female character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, again, I haven't played some of the newer ones. I mean, I, I have uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield on my Switch uh, wish list. You know, I'll, I'll look at those later. Uh, <laughs> they just continue the, to progress and grow. Exactly. And the they company change is a, with their audience, it sounds it's like. It's about evolution, which is just kind oh, of no pun intended, but they can literally reinvent Ooh, themselves every couple of years for the new kids. And they're, they're always introducing new Pokemon, new characters, new lands, new places to explore. But they still keep the old stuff in there also. And little nuggets for the yeah. OGs, right? Okay, Jillian, why don't you tell our 90s kids where they can find you, what you're working on, how how sure. they can follow you, all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, so my name is Julian. You can follow me uh, on Instagram at ESFplayer. Um, I'm basically just a cool guy that plays poker for a living. Uh, I like to sell cards on eBay. Uh, I'm an aspiring stand-up comedian. So Hell I post yeah. a lot of like jokes and stuff and uh if you want to follow me that's that's chill man i just you know i'm just a poker playing joke telling son of a bitch so yeah and keep an eye on julian because we're going to convince him to move down here and hang with us so he can go to the comedy uh play the comedy you know shows around here so so yeah definitely follow julian we'll put all of his handles in the show notes and um you could also go to talk to the hand pod at instagram and we'll tag him there on all those posts and he's also a friend of mine so go to my personal and you'll still see him there so all right all you listeners we have a few questions questions we want to let us know in the show notes on the whatever hit us up i got a few questions that i want answered from you guys what was your favorite part of pokemon the show the original games the spinoff games the card game the the spinoff video games with the whatevers who was your favorite starter pokemon whichever generation it is they were all the same basic types we had fire grass water what did you pick what was it i want to know how did you build the team Tell me what it was like. And I want to know, did you ever get a full Pokedex? Did you ever have all of them on any game that you liked playing? Did you ever finally get all of them? Did you catch them all? And lastly, dig deep here. What do you guys think happened to Gary's Radicate? on the SSN. All right, everyone, you can let us know your answers to these questions. Email us, talktothehandpod at gmail.com, TTTHpod on Twitter, talktothehandpod on Instagram. You can go to our website, talktothehandpod.com. Please make sure you leave a five-star review in Apple. And if you like this episode, um, it really helps us with the algorithm. And in the month of April, if you leave a five-star review and put a little comment in there so we know your screen name and we can shout you out, you'll be entered into our TTTHpod giveaway. So please do that. And thank Thank you so much, Julian. We are so glad to have you, and we will definitely have you back because there's probably about a thousand um, topics we could probably talk about. I agree. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, and I'd love to come back anytime and talk about. I mean, any. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of '90s shit that I know about. So anytime you want to have me to discuss something, I'm happy to. We, Thank you. Perfect. We would love to. Ha- we would love to have you back. Okay, great, awesome. Uh, until next week. Mask up, socially distance, be a good human, get vaccinated if you can. Ooh and be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes.